Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. everybody. Welcome to the Billboard on Broadway podcast. I'm your host, Rebecca Milzoff, features editor at Billboard and Broadway expert here. So it's this rare kind of lightning in a bottle thing when a musical can bring together a composer and a few actors in the kind of collaboration that really changes the lives of all involved going forward. But it has happened for some of the most memorable contemporary musicals. There was Jonathan Larson with Anthony Rapp and Adam Pascal for Rent, Stephen Schwartz for Aziana Menzel and Kristen Chenoweth for Wicked, Duncan Sheik for Leah Michelle and Jonathan Groff for Spring Awakening. And off-Broadway, one show comes to mind for me above all others that fits this bill. Jason Robert Brown's The Last Five Years, the intimate two-person musical following the dissolution of a relationship between actress Kathy and writer Jamie, starring respectively Sherry Renee Scott and Norbert Leo Butts. Sherry and Norbert are now two of the most beloved actors in the musical theater world. Uh, Sherry notably was the writer and star of her own Tony-nominated show Everyday Rapture after having performed uh, big roles in shows like Aida and Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. Norbert was the original Fiero in Wicked, um, and he has won two Tonys for his performances in Catch Me If You Can and also Dirty Rotten Scoundrels, which he starred in alongside Sherry. But back in 2001, when the last five years premiered, they were two rising actors diving into an unprecedentedly emotional project together. Cut to today, and Sherry and Norbert are still close friends and close creative collaborators, which will be on full display in their upcoming show, Two-Hander, which is happening at the New York Cabaret venue 54 Below. Two-Hander is a show they conceived together and which Sherry wrote, blending story and song to explore the relationship they have forged over the past 23 years, and which this week I was lucky enough to observe in person. Uh, They are truly two of the most versatile and just plain funny performers I've ever seen, so I was thrilled to learn that they are even more delightful offstage, if possible, when they came by the podcast this week. As I was just saying, you're you're two of my favorite people. I'm so excited to have you here and excited to see your show, which I haven't seen yet. Um, and I feel like I just want to sit and talk to you about um, the last 17 years, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's going to keep coming. Um, <laughs> no, the jokes keep coming. The jokes keep coming. Um, but I feel like we should start at the beginning. Um, and I would love to know, when did you two first encounter each other in the theater world in the first place? 
Um, I first set eyes on this remarkable creature next to me <laughs> yeah. in 1997. So build them a picture of, um, with in your words. In 1997, uh, I was in the alley uh, at the Nederlander Theater in costume <laughs> at, in my current job as Squeegee Man Sunday Night Roger in Rent. Whoa. I played... Roger on Sunday nights for Adam Pascal, and I uh, at first I I was what they call a standby, and then I graduated after a few months into the ensemble, and I I took over a squeegee man and still played Sunday Night Roger, and about then is when Adina Menzel left the show, and we heard a replacement was coming in for Adina, and I went out to the alley. I would sneak cigarettes between scenes out there. I was young and still able to smoke and sing, and uh, <laughs> this. Uh, uh, like I said, this exotic creature was just sort of standing there. She was wearing black leather pants. She had on a super cool white T-shirt. I think she was wearing sunglasses, but it was night. Um, <laughs> it was my costume. And she was not in costume. She was there <laughs> observing the show because she was having her put in in a few days. So she was deep into her rehearsals. And um, we became friends. And uh, like I said, Sherry and I both were replacements in Rent. And... I mean, if I could put it into context, I mean, imagine like the first people that took over in Hamilton or, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so there was a rabid fan base. And, yeah, there uh, were like people like slept on the sidewalk. People slept on the sidewalk. To I'm sorry, I'm eating a salad while I'm doing this. So <laughs> um, people slept on the sidewalk at night to get tickets. It was did. like that kind of weird. Yeah, they were, they, were, they were rabid fans and they were sometimes not thrilled when the replacements would be going on. Most times. So, most times, mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, so we were in the Outcast Club a little we bit. We were. We were a little bit. We were we were we were the second rent second stringers. And I think we we got to be good friends during that period. But um Sherry did a short stint in rent. Uh she came in and she took over for Adina for like six months. Six months. Six months. Six months. My lord. Mm -hmm. oh. I'm gonna eat. Oh, yeah. It's a long day. She's also working a hacky sack with both feet simultaneously. It's incredible. And she having her nails did oh, all God. at the same time. I'm doing yours. Um, anyway, uh, so we became friends. Um, uh, and then two years after that, we were offered the last five years together off Broadway. And that's when we, we really went down the rabbit hole. Yeah. Well, I first saw him. I didn't know he was in costume. I just thought he was a gay street urchin. And so as every musical theater woman knows, like you immediately talk to the gay guy because you don't want people to think that you're, you know. Right. Um, which is something that we deal with in the show in the male-female work environment. But honestly, the way he worked was really great. And I loved it when he went on. He seemed to understand what I was at least attempting to do with the role. So I think in a lot of ways we had, we had similar sensibilities and senses of humor and um and again we like we're f we're friendly you know like no more friendly than necessarily other people but i think there was an element of respect for each other's work that that was 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 really um a strong a strong thing it's also so funny to think of a time when people would be disappointed by the idea of you two in Rent. Today I'm like, uh, that would have been awesome to see. Like when mm -hmm. I look back at like the replacement cast, it's like so many amazing people mm -hmm. who have done it over the years. But can I, I can, can imagine. I, can I tell? Please. I don't know what you're talking about. Because <laughs> it's no longer in the show, so I can... We, this used to be. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The oh, the true, um, the true stuff. Well, yeah. <laughs> uh, I remember when I was, I got the, so, you know, I would go on all the time, not just for Adam Pascal, but I went on for Anthony Rapp as well. They were both yeah. dealing with really difficult things in their private lives. And on so the same I would, day. 
I would do like Roger in the afternoon and Mark at night and then Mark the next day and then Roger for two days and then Squeegee Man for three days. And um, they called me the Lon Chaney of Rent. I kind of played a lot of different roles. Um, but... Um, Sorry, keep going. That was Sherry's phone. <laughs> I, um, I'm answering service while I'm eating a salad. And, um, I remember awesome. coming up to the to the theater one day. I was coming, walking up to Needlander, and I just found out about 20 minutes before I would be going on. It's about an hour before the show, and there were a big group of like 12 to 15 year old girls, a big mob of them, and I heard one of them go. Not Norbert. Norbert's on, and I heard a chorus of girls go. Nah! And they were weeping and gnashing their teeth. And the one line that you always said, like they, they were screaming, like, oh, "No, he has a face for radio." Yeah, I was the <laughs> like shorter. Screaming. That's older. a thing people say in real oh, life. Yes, they could be. You know, they could be teenage made. girls saying loudly Whoa. on Forty First Street. And then there mm. were because each each cast member had their group behind them. Do you know what I mean? That yeah, like, totally. That totally. Gatekeepers. So there was a really rabid Adina Menzel fan club, as there yeah, should be. Yeah, there should be. When Sherry would come on and did her first monologue as Maureen, they would they had the first two seats they would buy out. Half of them would rise en masse and walk out of the theater in the middle of her number. Usually at the beginning of oh, the sorry, number, at the as soon as they saw me that enter a, the that's stage. That's aggressive behavior. Rent, no, was, the Renheads were real tough. <laughs> yeah, it's a show about love and understanding, and like the audience would just get up and leave, like and rejection. And yeah, seasons of love was sometimes uh, seasons of hell. You know what I yeah, mean? Um, yeah. But uh, anyway, we have had. A we great went through time a lot of humiliating memories. Yeah, humiliation. I think she, a lot of humiliation bonded us. First, yeah, yes. a lot of humiliation. And we continued to humiliate ourselves. Now we're doing it, but we're in control of it. years. <laughs> well, Next. that's like it's so funny to think of too, because I think when you went into the last five years, everything since then, it's almost like other people have been held to that standard. And yeah. I that's think that interesting. You guys have been the uh, the Adam and uh, <laughs> Anthony and Adina of do, the last five years. That, you know, there's something to be said about it. Uh, mm-hmm. Original cast members, especially in the uh, imagination of the the kids and well, the people who listen. Sherry, her record label, Shikaboom, that she co-owned, actually produced the last five years. It was it was your company's first record, right? Mm-hmm. First first cast album. First cast yeah. album. Mm-hmm. And uh, even the show didn't have a long life. That record, that, that cast album, has gone on to be you know really legendary. It's actually been the best marketing tool that that show yeah. ever had. Um, yeah, people. Yeah, wouldn't yeah. know about that show unless there was a cast. It's a testament to what cast albums do, the best exactly. calling cards for yeah. shows. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, I feel like something interesting I've learned over the years of being in the theater world is the fact that sort of it, it seemed counterintuitive to me at first that sometimes the shows that run the shortest benefit the most from having a cast album, and it's not just like giant show, have a cast album, everything exactly. works out. Mm-hmm. Um you know, I think there have been some some other shows recently that, that come to mind that have benefited from that, too. But so when the last five years came along, was it Jason who brought you two together in the first place? Or how did you guys both come on and why were you convinced that it was worth investing your time in? Well, I mean, I they had done an out-of-town production in Chicago, I believe. Yep. And um, the person playing the, the role, what's the name? Her, Lauren Kennedy. No, no, the oh. name of the Kath. Uh, Kathy, the character. So the person who had been playing <laughs> Kathy, um, sorry, it's like, because um, uh, I always say Jamie throughout the whole show, so I don't even know my character's yeah, name. Yeah, we did it in Skokie <laughs> at, at New yeah. Light Theater, and um, and and the show was on hiatus for a while. They wanted to transfer it, but they, they didn't quite know when. Jason had some legal things to work through, and we lost Lauren. She got a, an amazing job at the National Theater <laughs> in London. <laughs> and so um, 
they put the feelers out. I was and sent I this. was called after a couple weeks of casting and said, Sherry Scott's going to be playing Kathy. And I remembered being thrilled. Mm. Um, absolutely thrilled. We had just, I had become such a f- fan of what she did in Rad. Um, and and uh, both of us had done other things in between. I think you were nominated for a Tony, weren't you? Wait, before that? Whatever. It, that doesn't matter. <laughs> I'm a proud three-time Tony loser. That's how I think of myself. <laughs> and But he, I heard the tape of it in Chicago, and they asked me to listen to the tape, and it was, I, we don't, you as you get older and old, you have those moments in life, those kind of, uh, for me, they're visual and you can see yourself, you know, sitting on your bed with a cassette tape <laughs> and hearing the first songs and hearing Norbert sing, whose voice I still just love. And I just think it's the best musical theater voice. It's like a guy voice that is still like just the most amazing right, sound, right, 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 whatever. Right, right, right. I don't like that. But it's like... um and I had that feeling of that I've never had, I had never had as an actor before. Like this may be on, may be beyond my current capabilities, you know, to sing in this way. I will have to kind of really take get because it's a certain type of singing that Jason wanted, and I love rock or jazz, so I I would have to put in a lot of effort and time to sing this way. But it felt like that. Feeling there's nobody on the planet at this time that is supposed to do this but me. Like I, it was mm-hmm. a really strong, strong, strong feeling, and uh, most of that was because that Norbert was doing it, and I knew that if he was doing it, then um, my work would would rise to another level, and um, and I think um, that's the honest to God truth, and because. Um, I knew it was a beast, you know, um, so uh, and I knew it was very special and and it was it was a special time for both of us. And honestly, that's why we never sang anything from the show together since the last show until until this show, until a, a benefit for his sister, honestly, um, in November, which was the impetus, which got us which moved us towards uh, writing and creating this show. So it was so special that I couldn't even bear singing the material with anybody else, one, but two, like with him. So this is the first time we're singing the material from that show from that really special time. I, I was different for me. I, it's <laughs> taken me. Um, it always is. I knew uh, when I was first cast for the out of town um, I didn't know Jason well at all, and he asked me to come over to his apartment, and then he actually played me the first song that Jamie sang. Uh, no, not the first one. He started to play me a song called um, Nobody Needs to Know, and um, and he was playing it for me, and I'm in his apartment. I don't know, I don't know the man at all, and um, I said, excuse me, I have to use your bathroom, and I went into his bathroom, and I... I had to put a hand over my mouth. I, I was starting to sob. To, mm. you know. um, it wasn't a lot longer after that, sort of during that, my my marriage start was falling apart. And so it was this really weird time where I was doing this musical that people were really responding to about the failure of a marriage. And there was something really wrong in my own. And so the show for me was always actually really, it was, it was definitely therapeutic. 
but I'm so thrilled that it's had the life it's had and it's given so many people these great parts, but I couldn't listen to a word of it or even hear about it for years and years and years. For mm-hmm. me, it was a source of pride. I knew it was a good show, but it was like, no, thank you. It, it I didn't was listen real... to it. I did the I was one of the producers of the cast album and I, yeah. I didn't listen to it for until maybe a year or two ago. Yeah, it just didn't, mm-hmm. it just, it, it always made me feel sad. It always reminded me of a time that, I, that it was like, you know, my work and my life were just bizarrely mm-hmm. echoing each other. So it's great now to have, you know, all this time go by and for us to revisit the material after this 23-year friendship, you know, having, we both have teenage kids now. We, we <laughs> have been through everything in life that life makes adult people go through, you know, love and loss and, and, um, Marriages, record labels. Marriages, on and on and lots and lots <laughs> right. of stuff. And so it's so now I feel it's this weird thing. I'm just thinking of this now. I feel like I just doing this show with Sherry, I understand the last five years. Like mm. like I, I could not possibly um, when I was 30 have known what how to act those songs. And so in the context of our most little weird show that we're doing, I'm acting them better than I've ever acted them. I finally get them. It's like, who's the actress who said, you know, you can't play Juliet in Romeo and Juliet until you're 50 because you can't possibly understand it, you know, mm-hmm. but the character is supposed to be that. 14. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit like that. It's like, oh, wow, I finally get what this young guy's going through. I wish I could scream at my younger self, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You're not, you know, but... I was curious. I mean, I feel like you have to discover so much about each other when you're working on such a emotionally intense show and in such a sort of intimate environment um, with the composer as well. And I could only imagine how amazing it is to hear Jason perform his own music like that. He's one of the composers who actually is really great at performing his own songs, I think. Um, But, you know, when I think of the two of you and your strengths, like I, I think you have a lot of the same strengths. Like, you know, I think of you two as being amazing at like big flashy roles that you have, um, you know, such a great ability, both vocally and acting wise to like really be a character. Um, like, do you feel like you balance each other in certain ways that maybe aren't obvious or is it more that you take a very similar approach to things that, that jibes well? I think that we, I, I, you know, it's an inside out, job you know so it's a it's hard to talk about like a connection that feels like it was always just kind of there but I I, I think it has a lot to do with the sensibilities of the same sense of humor or, mm-hmm. you know um, both being from the Midwest and maybe there's like a, a shortcut language that we have for things and loving music we love 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 music um you know so religious there's upbringings. The, yeah religious upbringings um but then you know I'm just starting to discover, you know, writing this and having to create two characters that are, you know, opposed, like, you know, have to have conflict, you know, to make this, to theatricalize this story. Um, You know, like Norbert is the more, you know, he hears, he hears stuff, you know, really clearly. The sound of stuff is really important to him. And I love music too, but he, you know, um, I would be more of a visual person. You know what I mean? It's like we... So maybe we do balance each other out in that way. And um, it is the kind of thing of like if you if you believe in your scene partner, if you believe in your scene partner, you're just like so happy to serve. You know what I mean? And it becomes um, serve the material and, and, you know, serve that person. And and he's, 
you know, you know, there's some reciprocity involved in the relationship. And um, and that's something that we really the show is about the show that that we conceived and and are um, doing this July is it's ultimately after somebody told us Dick Scanlon like because we you, it's hard to say when you're writing it conceiving it and also in it you haven't seen where it's it's scary we were scared because it's very different um um and we didn't know I tried we, to get out of could, it. He I tried to get out of it many times. <laughs> and I was, he just kept, I just kept trusting and he don't bail on me and he didn't. And, um, it was either going to be really something unique and, um, or, or it was going to be the end for me. Like in terms of like, no one would ever ask me to write anything again. Um, but it ended up being about, oh, a, a, a workplace relationship mm-hmm. and how to negotiate a long-term male, female dynamic in the workplace and um, it what what happens is all of the stuff that we went through as people um, uh, it's been crafted in such a way that it doesn't feel any way like therapy it's funny it's entertaining it doesn't feel like it's Norbert and I talking about ourselves it's um, it's it's this journey of this workplace relationship that you really want to follow and see what happens with them. And that was the goal, like the dream to like get who people that didn't know the last five years, you idiots, or like the people that <laughs> don't know like who we are or don't care about musical theater, like idiots, a guy idiots, idiots. that worked in an insurance office, we keep saying, would like be able to be like, start be engaged very early with um, the truth of, of this is like, you know, there's everybody has something they can relate to in the story. And I think that's the great surprising thing is like mm-hmm. you think it's going to be about these shows these people have done together. And it's it's it really has less to do with us, honestly, than it does to do with the the journey of these of a, of a, of a long term um, relationship and how you manage that in the male female dynamic and what I like to call sexual tension. I think it's still well, there. Here's but a, here's the thing, like... thing that we've had to come to terms with, especially in, in putting this together. Sherry is, 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 uh, is, is all woman. I mean, she's, she's just, she's all feminine. Uh, I, I don't want to get into a whole thing about gender and fluidity, but yeah. she, um, <laughs> and I've come to find out relatively late in life. I'm pretty, Pretty, pretty all male. Yeah, um, pretty like textbook. Sort of like hetero. Yes, I don't hate the word hetero. I know that's why I keep saying keep it in all the interviews. That, but like, you know, back in the '90s, if they wanted to say something pejorative, we would be called heteronormative, I suppose. But um, no, but 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 that's in. We found out that that's been an interesting thing to talk about. Interesting to talk about because we've done so much work together. So much of the work has been uh, romantic or sexual or um, even physical comedy. Mm -hmm. Physical comedy takes a lot of physical intimacy and Mm -hmm. trust. Um, Singing, I did not to to make, you know, know, the overt sexual uh, metaphor, but um, you asked us how we were different and you know, I know people will titter, but she slowed me down. She slows me down. I am, uh, as an actor, as a performer, I'm all instinct. I don't like to talk. I don't like to think. I jump right in. I use, I start to use my body right away. Um, um, I don't think about visuals. I don't think about uh, <clears throat> all those things. She, as an acting partner, she, and I knew this right away. She, she slows me down. Um, she 
tends not to react to something if you haven't really done it. <laughs> you can't. Um, and I do, I, I, again, I, I'm, I'm wary of doing, you know, generalization, g- gender things. But but I do, uh, women that I, I, I've known, I've, I've known of you, I have three daughters, and um, uh, they do like to sort of... Um, <clears throat> They're relational by nature. That's what I have found out. Relationships, the the, the connectivity mm-hmm. between people is 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 of great great value. Of 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 slowing down and making sure that they they are being heard, mm-hmm. <laughs> that they are being um, that they are allowed space to for for whoever they for whoever they are and so it was a matter it's a matter of slowing down and she still she still does it she still does it i'd be like eh, it's good enough let's go let's go let's go let's go i'm 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 like that she's constantly putting on my brakes going eh, this is i think it can be better yeah. it can be. and it's not just about good and better it's low, like is there I more 12 deficiency maybe is I'm there just... more to talk about is there more to talk about is there something you know mm-hmm. I just can't help but find the metaphor in my life. You know, my daughters are now telling me that. My wife is telling me that. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, that, yes. that could just be my metabolism. I'm, 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 I'm pretty bad. But I think it's also sort of like a... No, you, we're you know doing classic... Yeah, there's, there is... Yeah, we're doing classic, um, you know, optimist, pessimist. You know what I mean? Dreamer, realist. You know, <laughs> we, we set up our relationship. We pare it down to the bare minimum for the humor. And, but also... Um, it feels true there's, there's a There's a part that, that's true to that. And... Within them, whatever you want, male, female, or masculine, feminine, um, it's interesting when he's saying that because, you know, this is what Norbert's come to now. Um, and the, the, the hard part for Norbert was when, you know, writing from beginning to ending. And Norbert at the beginning of the show is not this Norbert who can talk about this now, is not somebody who was aware <laughs> of how very male he was and um, uh, and that... I had to just be like, trust me, trust me, you're going to be like cool, enlightened, like, dude, at the end, I promise, because we need, we need an actual like enlightened or at least like male I, figure. I, and again, I am not enlightened. She wrote a character no. who is enlightened yes. by the end of her play. But, yes. And, and, and um, but this is a diet. This is, we are in a time of having difficult dialogues and in, inventing words for things that have never had words before. And I think um, we don't want to live in a world where people don't meet and fall in love at work. God knows I would never date again if I didn't meet somebody from work. That's the only place I meet people. But how, how can we like, um, do this in a, in a more with our, with a, with a higher consciousness and awareness that we have now. And I think you kind of watch this relationship go through that journey. And it's a still an ongoing dialogue as we're doing this piece and other things come up where now I'm, you know, giving him, I have to go into my, find my masculine and say, this is what I'd like you to read, you know, today. And, and no, I think we're keeping that line. You know, it's really difficult because, but I think it's been kind of amazing. It's been, I mean, it's been really, really, really great, but it was really very, very scary. I have to say like, Mm -hmm. because we thought we didn't, you don't know, people don't realize that when you're doing a show, you, you don't know what you have. You're in it. You, you, you can know what it feels like. And I just don't but, want to be arrested, you know. Yeah, again. At, at the curtain call. Again. Wait, again. did we tell the story of how you no, got arrested? No, no, what? No, no, yeah, I was like, no, no, <laughs> sorry, no, I thought no, we already did it. Talk about like, my rap sheet every time we do an interview. I can't, well, another, I can't anymore. Well, because this is, no, well, not any, not all of the arrests, just this one. Um, the, um, <laughs> but, but like in terms of like, story, like there's so much life that you can't, 
like put in like and you want to craft it to to make it theatrical but one of the stories that we didn't put in from the last 5 years you know um is you you tell it like there's before the time of phones and there's two people in the cast keep in mind and I two was driving, I live in New shaking Jersey. in their boots understudies who have never gone on and, and we're like you'll never go on ever so, so about two months into the run I was driving in from New Jersey for a matinee and there was a terrible traffic jam and I had to go to the bathroom just number one and I was somewhere <laughs> off the New Jersey turnpike <laughs> and after not moving for like 40 minutes and having no receptacle in the car I just popped out really quick and went under this viaduct and 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 I had to do what I had to do <laughs> unfortunately a cop car pulled up right when I was doing that and I was given a summons for urinating urinating in public and indecent exposure what? and um it's fairly decent I should uh, say all right all right all right <laughs> <laughs> well sorry that's a good one for me that's really good that's really good um uh uh and so I was desperately trying to get messages to the theater. The understudy did go on. Um, I, I, I got through the traffic jam. I took my ticket and I got to the theater. Unfortunately, they were just finishing up. And first, uh, he did get a message to the theater because now I remember like the director, Dave, he must have called like because that was beside a payphone. He pulled over and went to a payphone and Daisy came back. And was like, was it 1970? No, I, there was probably, <laughs> I had like a, I had a pager I don't, or something. Well, I we did not. We didn't because we didn't we know for hours. It was just the, hu- the, hu- the big like ones. And I like went off during one of my worked. numbers and my understudies on stage singing and sweating and the, the, and I, Daisy, the director, was like, he's fine, Norbert. He was arrested for public <laughs> urination. That he's the, he, And no one blinked. No, no one even, like, people like, shrugged, like, yeah. what's new? But it was, um, those, those, those were the days. This seems yeah. like, I mean, you've just theatrically acted it out. I think it should be in the show. Yeah. <laughs> it's not, it's, yeah. We've, there's as many that didn't Yeah, yeah. it's, it's not like mix. a show story yeah. type of show. But it's, it's a, yeah. A relationship, but I mean, it's an adult show, like not like porn, but it's like <laughs> it's it's a funny. That should be the tagline. Yeah. It's an adult show, just not, not like, like porn. porn. Parenthetically, no. yeah, just uh, porn-ish. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I, I I have to imagine that it's 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 nice for you, full circle wise, to come back to this two-hander um, environment and. You know, the two of you have been in so many very big, splashy, like classic Broadway shows. And this is the kind of project that I would think kind of makes you come back down to earth and like, you know, maybe realize what you want to do next or what you're looking for from the work that you're doing. I mean, does it change? Does being in this environment together after all of these years and working through this kind of stuff change how you look at, you know, like what you want to be doing going forward? That's really yes, that's question. a really great question. And it, and it really, really has. And <clears throat> I'm 52. And, and what happens, what's happened to me anyway, um, you know, I've, I've done a lot of shows and <clears throat> I've done a lot of shows that didn't work. And, and I, 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 I sort of do want to find things that, that, um, I don't know. I, I want to, I'm an actor and I'm a singer. I want to continue to do that. I don't know that like the, the typical Broadway track of, you know, find the big brand or the big film and then, you know, get the, mm-hmm. you know, take it out of town and then, you know, come on and, and you know, your bodies go through hell and your voice goes through hell and it's hard mm-hmm. to make any money and um, all of it. Um, this does feel more like the stuff, at least right now, that I want to be doing stuff that I can really 
really invest in, really have some creative control over. Um, fewer people in the room feels really good to me. Um, smaller canvas feels really good to me. So yeah, yeah it's like they say like fifteen hundred people. Sure, I can perform in front of, but you know, forty or like one hundred and ninety-seven. Yeah, it's I'm harder. Like, it's in a way. like a yeah. little. It's and the show is really dealing with intimacy issues and the idea of forced intimacy. And then as actors, we're dealing with it on stage with our vulnerabilities, with the audience in time. And so I do, I think my problem probably is that I've always wanted to do work from the same place, you know, inside myself, which is why no one knows who I am and I hardly ever work. So mm. that's really gotten me far. But um, I do think that She's like... She's also become a, a playwright in the past I was going to say, I feel like years. you have like a show you wrote that shows who you work pretty yeah. well. I keep yeah, on schlepping like... and schlepping at this acting thing because I actually, that's, that's, that's a comfortable spot for me. I, uh, I, I like having a mask. I like having a story. And she's been working on work that that's coming from from deep within Sherry, frankly. Well, yeah, I always felt like a writer masquerading as a singer mm-hmm. and an actor. And I think that that um, Norbert is is a born. There are very few of these people, you know. Um, he's a born actor, and in the best sense of the word, where acting is telling the truth. And he's incredibly talented. He dances, he sings, does all these, but I mean, also, and then he, but I'm saying this is like, (laughs) you know, you do have to believe in what you're doing. I do. I have to. And I, you have to, even if you're kidding yourself, like, even if like, oh, this show's going to be about, you know, how awful homophobia is and, and, and Islamophobia and, and, and like, it Is sucks, it, but you ended up, you did it because you really believed in it politically. Wait. Oh, that's not what our show is. No, our show's not. I mean, it can be. Um, <laughs> yeah, don't use that as a line. It's about, but, um, uh, and then you can also believe in the people that you're working with, you know, and know that they're, you know, going to raise your level and raise your bar. And so, yeah, write, writing and, and, and being with people that I love, being with people that I really like and people that are nice and kind and smart ends up being more important than a lot of things in life. Um, you know, so yeah, you, I always chose in the same way. I think now I just have an option of if I don't know a really great guy, I'll just write one. (laughs) So I mean, yeah. yeah. So there's just, it's, it's not easy being like, a divorced mom single in the city and you know at this age and trying to like redefine myself or be taken seriously like especially when I don't take myself seriously but it's like <laughs> it's um yeah it's really hard um to which is why this is important that this like w- was um at least understood uh, on some level if not if not going over well but this show but I luckily I mean it's done both but I said I couldn't have I wouldn't have written what I wrote had I not known that I have a person like, oh, stand on your head and sing a D flat. I think he could do that. So if I put that in there, he could probably do that. So you just can think anything you want in the world. Because I'm going to try it right now. Yeah. One second, please. While I take off my shoes. (laughs) He is doing it. Okay, that looks good. Oh, wrong end. (laughs) 
<laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> Boom. And commercial break. Uh, yes. <laughs> well, um, I know that, I mean, you're both the kind of performers that whenever one mentions your names, everybody immediately wants to know what you're doing next and uh, is hoping there's another show coming soon. Uh, so I think that there is a lot of love out there for you and excitement for the show. Oh, good. And I'm I I'm excited so. to see it now, and I hope that Norbert doesn't get arrested. Oh, <laughs> I hope he does. It's Fingers crossed. crossed. Yeah. Please. Fingers crossed. I've been on a Just roll. Just one more time. I've been on a roll. It's been a few years now since my since last. Since last. Yeah. yeah. Excellent. Keep it going. All right. Keep it going. Thank you. <laughs> well, thank you so much, guys. Thank you. It's been fun. <laughs> Two-Hander, starring Shari Renee Scott and Norbert Leobutz, is playing at 54 Below in New York, July 9th through 28th. You can go to 54below.com to get tickets. If you're a fan of the Billboard on Broadway podcast, please subscribe and leave nice reviews and some stars on iTunes. You can also find the podcast on Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, among other platforms. If you want to talk about your love of the podcast on social media, I'm at Rebecca Millsoff on Twitter and at YaDownWithRMM on Instagram. You can always use hashtag Billboard on Broadway to talk about the podcast. We will be having a little July 4th holiday next week. So enjoy the time off that I hope you have. And we'll have you back on the podcast soon. Blah, blah, blah. Blah, blah, blah.